Trigger warning. This podcast discusses themes centered around emotional, physical, and sexual violence. While the stories of the survivors are meant to be inspiring and informative, listener discretion is advised. If you are struggling with any of the aforementioned issues, links to resources can be found in the show notes of today's episode. Yeah, over time I ended up with all kinds of illnesses like the mold, Lyme disease, implant illness. It just, I think just keeping up this charade of somebody who I wasn't just like every day just like ate at my soul. You just, you know, after a while I'm like, I hate this schedule. I hate these movies. I've seen Casablanca 10 times. I can't, don't, cannot watch this anymore. I can't even pretend to like this anymore. And I, I, I think I just broke down like my health. And by that time, you know, Hef was a little older. So I was lucky to, you know, I stopped like bleaching my hair and I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I, my body just, it, it eats at your soul. It, not being authentic to yourself after a while, it just really eats at you. <laughs> Hi, survivors. I'm Tara Newell. And I'm Collier Landry. And this is the Survivor Squad Podcast. Yay, another episode. Another episode and a very exciting episode for you, Tara. You're very excited about today's de- guest, aren't you? Oh, yes. No, I'm just obsessed with the Playboy series, the Playboy drama, in a sense. I don't like drama, but there's a lot going on there that needs to be unpacked. Yes. Well, wasn't the show The Girls Next Door, wasn't that the big thing, the big show? Oh, yeah. No, that's what I grew up with, watching all the girls on Girls Next Door and then Crystal Hefner, she was actually the last season. Holly, Bridget, and Kendra were the first couple seasons. I believe they did it up to like four seasons. Mm-hmm. And then the last season was with Crystal and then the twins, the Shannon twins. Well, I have a different experience of Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your experience. I re- just remember, you know, just somebody snuck me a magazine when I was in high school and I was like, what is this? You know, I used to read it for the articles, but there was actually in the late nineties, early two thousands, they had a lot of really good writers and a lot of people that wrote for Playboy wrote for other magazines like Esquire, GQ, um, and were published authors, New York times bestsellers that wrote a lot of really great stories. They had a really great fiction setting, um, section in that magazine. A lot of people went on to have like great writing careers that started over at Playboy writing like freelance articles for them. So there is something to be said about that. But yes, of course, it was to see the pretty girls, (laughs) which is how I know that whole world. I remember first coming to LA and everybody would talk about the mansion, the mansion, the mansion. And I was invited several times and I never went. Um, I don't know why, but I just never went. I was just never really that interested. Just kind of felt a little lecherous to me. But um, now I'm kind of like, oh, man, I probably should have gone just at least to say, hey, I went. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't that big of a deal to me. Yeah, well, I I almost went to a few parties, but I was very loyal in in relationships. And Mm -hmm. I really wasn't wild, (laughs) but I was like... Maybe it would be cool to send in photos. And my sister almost sent in photos. And then it was so funny. My mom got asked to pose for Playboy but didn't. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Okay. This is a little TMI. Um, I did. (laughs) I I was at the Playboy 50th anniversary party at the, um, I was at the Palms, the Palms Casino. Yeah. Okay. In Vegas? 
And I did meet Hugh Hefner at the time. And I did meet the girls that were with him too. So I think it was like the Holly and the, it was, this is like, what was this? 2003, 2004. There with a girl that I was seeing who was in the magazine and at the time. And so it was a whole thing. So oh, nice. I was there for that. And I did meet Hugh Hefner, but I never made it to the mansion because I never really cared that much, but. Oh my gosh. Want to know something funny? Now you're bringing back memories for me too. I remember going to the Ivy mm-hmm. and going shopping on Rodeo Drive, having a day out there because, you know, when you live in Orange County, you're like, okay, let's make a day out of going to Rodeo Drive. Sure, of course. And I just remember sitting next to production when they were having a meeting with Holly Bridget and Kendra. Oh, okay. At the Ivy. Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. And then later down the road, we'll have a meeting with Connie Britton at the Ivy. Oh, interesting. For Dirty John. Dirty John. Yeah. There you go. The Ivy. So if those of you know, the Ivy is not on Rodeo Drive. It's on Robertson Boulevard in West Hollywood, but it is a very posh and place to go eat. I've gotten food poisoning not once, but twice at the Ivy. <laughs> so, But it may have also been partially to blame because back in the day when I drank, I maybe had a few too many famous Ivy gimlets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure that had something to do with it, but I don't know for sure. But yeah, I think I had a stomach ache because I ate too much red velvet cake. Yeah, I ate a hamburger there once and I got really bad food poisoning. But again, could have been. <laughs> but I would think that the vodka in the gimlets at the Ivy would have would have killed that. But anyways, for those of you who want to know the recipe, I still remember it. It's vodka, roses, lime juice, and then they put mint in the gimlet. And then they do a splash. So it's almost like a vodka mojito in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's the Ivy that, gimlet. that sounds interesting. Yeah. Back in the wild and crazy days. But yeah, so today we have Crystal Hefner, who is the last wife of Hugh Hefner, the widow of Hugh Hefner, right? Oh, yeah. She was with him when he died. Mm-hmm. And she literally spent the night in the room with him the night yeah. of his death. Yeah, so she tells us all about that. And you guys discuss things like coercive control and all that, all those fun topics, right? Oh, yes. No, and it's so crazy because I had a friend today post her experience about the mansion and also post how Crystal came out with her book and how she had a quite different experience. Mm -hmm. But I also think that so many people are still looking through the rose-colored glasses with that. It presented itself as being a very glitzy and glamorous place. And look, I knew knew a lot of girls when I moved to LA that were in the magazine – that were always going to parties there, where they were always inviting me. And again, I never went, but I do remember there's this sort of like, it, it was like this crumbling facade. It almost reminded me if for anybody that's ever read Great Expectations, like the mansion or like it had a little bit of a gray gardens feel. I mean, not okay. nearly as mad, but like parts of it were dilapidated and it was like falling apart because, you know, there was no money and it was the upkeep wasn't there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like one of those historic, like old Hollywood iconic things that just kind of. Yeah. No. Well, I also think of Gatsby. Yeah. Yeah. The great you know? Gatsby. Yeah. A hundred percent. hundred percent. You know, the light at the end Howard of the. Hughes, Howard yeah. Hughes. The same thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what do you say we get into our interview with Crystal Hefner? Yes. Let's get into it.
strange. I don't know. I'm totally open to talk about it, anything, but I'm like making sense of some of the stuff I, I am still working on. That speaks to the very complex nature of how all this shit goes down. Yeah. It's just the truth. And I can't even imagine the smoke that you that you're in, you invite with this book, but the truth always needs to be brought to light, right? And I think the people got so into romanticizing and glamorizing the Playboy brand, the Playboy name, this ideal of who Hugh Hefner was. I remember I was at the, I think it was whatever, the 50th anniversary party, whatever the one that was wow, at in okay. Vegas. Uh, and I and I was with a girl that it was a, that had a ticket that wanted to meet half because she wanted to be in the she wanted to be in the magazine, like, hmm. that was her goal. And I was like, okay, I'll go to this party. Which of course I met him. It's the only time I met him with all the I don't know who was all the girls on the show or whatever. Well, nice to meet you. Okay, there is just this whole like fascination with this, and it's just it's all just bullshit. <laughs> it's just bullshit. But it really is it, you know he was what so he was born in 1926, so he passed away in 20, so he was 91. Mm -hmm. When he passed away, correct? Yeah. Like, you said some of you 60 years your senior. Yeah, bringing a friend along <laughs> for cast money. I mean, it makes sense, though. But these people don't – nobody seems to think about, like, the very realistic mechanics of a 90-year-old man and, and a much younger woman who could easily have a relationship with anyone else. Like, they just don't understand that that just doesn't exist in real life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it definitely doesn't. And – yeah, the age difference is still, to me, I'm like, okay. Like, I was, like, when I was born, Hef was 60 years old. Like, he was he was born April 9th, 1926, and I was born April 29th, 1986. So it was, like, almost exactly 60 years. And um, it's very interesting because, I guess, money and power, influence, like, all that kind of goes out the window where you're like, oh, this person could be my grandfather and we're having like group sex with the grandfather <laughs> and I still I remember like I still can't hear I'm like okay I'm gonna play the same Madonna CD over so, so it's like if I I, I I went in the grocery store and the Madonna songs came on from that CD and I was like oh my god oh my <laughs> I try, try and just I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people, you know, I, I guess, I guess from, from an outsider's perspective, they're like, you had the whole world. There's all this money and everything. There wasn't, right? There wasn't, this seductive lifestyle was all for show. It wasn't like he was, I mean, was he like taking you guys out shopping? Like, no, get no, you he want, was. <laughs> get whatever you want. Or he's like, no, you're buying this because I want you to look a certain way. Like, I just... You talking about sitting on the chaise lounge while he's playing backgammon doesn't get much grandpa, more grandpa than that. No offense to anyone who plays backgammon. <laughs> I have a yeah. backgammon set. I haven't touched it in three years since I bought it. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. The pandemic. Now you won't. Now you're like, no, no, no. You're like Slave Leia in Jabba's dungeon and, and you know, oh my <laughs> Return gosh. of the Jedi. I know. I know. And, um, yeah, he was very cheap. I think – that was part of why the mansion just stayed in a 70s time capsule is because he was very cheap. He didn't really update the furniture. I guess he really didn't care about furniture. He cared more about like sex than like interior design, but um, he was pretty cheap. Um, and the book talked about the allowance and like having to be like, oh, you know, every Friday. It's just, it's just very demeaning. And I remember after we got married, I'm like, can it be at least deposited into my 
And what kind of an allowance? <laughs> it was $1,000 every Friday. And then after we were married, it went up to $2,500. And then from there, I'm like, okay, I'm going to... And could you just spend that on what you wanted? Because you'd be like, I want to go... I would just save. I would save. And then I started... Um, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make the most... People want to be around me because I live at the Playboy Mansion. I I'm just going to go with it. So I, that's when, like, Instagram and things like that. And so I started doing, like, sure. different promotions for different brands, teeth whitening, tea, and all the things, like, I wouldn't do now. But... Um, and then I learned how to DJ, and then I was at the Hard Rock in Vegas, and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to try Bikini Line, Lounger Line. I just tried all these things, and then I ended up buying a house in total secret because I'm like, oh, I don't want have to think I'm running off. And, um, and I remember girls would get money from I don't know where, like half and other places, and like buy like Louboutins or like a car. I'm like, girl, you need to be getting a condo. You, like, come on. <laughs> and um, so I, I kind of started buying houses, buying house in secret, and bought another house in secret. And so I was making money on my own and feeling that helped me feel more powerful. Yeah. Um, and I remember as Hef was getting older, like I had at that point, I was like a millionaire on my own. And I remember my mom saying like, you can leave like anytime, like you can leave, like you're fine. You'll be good. And I'm like, I just can't leave him. Like he was getting older. He was more reliant on me. He was kept telling me like, you know, he wished he was, met me younger so we could be together longer and that my my dog that died and him will be waiting for me in heaven and all these things where I'm just like I can't leave this man and so I stayed for you know another few years and um yeah until he died so whatever that is <laughs> that was that was it until I was 31 so 21 to 31 oh wow I don't mean to be insensitive but did you love him I I did. Yeah, I did. And do you think he loved you? I think in the best way he knew how. There was a part yeah. of me that was like, okay, if this man really loved me, he wouldn't want to be like, like I would be enough. There wouldn't be a bunch of people around. But it did get to the point where, you know, women would come in and they're obviously dressed and they're, you know, as much boobs as they can show. And um he would be like, you know, drooling and I, I, something with Hef, he'd seen like, I don't know how many millions of boobs, but every time it's like he had never seen boobs before. He's like, oh, boobs, like on movies. <laughs> it was very weird to me. But um, he went from like oogling over people to, oh, have you met my wife? And would like introduce me. And I'm like, wow, like things, maybe because things started changing in that way that I felt like it would be easier to be there. Um, yeah, so I just stayed. I think that when you think of like, why didn't I just leave? I think that that's a really bad question just to ask survivors in general because you're trauma bonded to this relationship. There's the addictive cycle. And then even something that you just said that, you know, he would tell me, oh, I'll be waiting with your dog and stuff. I think that that, and please don't hate me for saying this, I think that that's kind of manipulative. I totally understand what you're saying and I agree with you and I didn't even realize that that's manipulation until very recently. Like, I completely agree with you that, that he would manipulate me in lots of ways and I didn't realize that until after. I confused it with love and that sucks. Um, I re only recently learned what boundaries were. <laughs> that's, how, that's how weird this whole thing was. Like, I remember... This is a safe space. We're still learning about boundaries every day. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> so 
<laughs> I'm like, I'm so embarrassed. But um, after Hef's secretary, Mary, passed away, she was just like, her business was the mansion. And she was obsessed with the drama. But after she passed away, there was a new secretary. Her name was Amanda Warren. And it's like, she got off work and I would text her about some drama or something. And I wouldn't hear from her over the weekend or anything. And then she comes back on Monday and then she'd talk, to it, talk with me about it. And I'm like, whoa, she just like shuts her phone off. And, and she's the one that taught me what a boundary was. Because I'm like, oh, I admire that you shut off work and, you know, certain hours when you're not working. And I'm like, wow. To me, I felt that was, if I behaved in that way, it would be rude. So I'm finally learning <laughs> boundaries. <laughs> it's so weird. I, and I'm how old am I? 37. It's definitely rested development. So, <laughs> and, and at the mansion as well, like I was rewarded and I was, he loved it when I was helpless. Like the damsel that's like completely dumb and helpless and like the women in the old movies where they're just like, ah, and they faint and they have to be rescued. Uh, he really wanted a woman that was like that. I'm, I'm laughing because I fainted one time and Collier catched me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I had one of those moments, but like Aww, completely that's different. So, that's so sweet that you caught her. I I fainted in the doctor and my and and I woke up and the doctor was like, "Wow, your head hit the floor like a bowling ball. There was nothing I could do." <laughs> you think like catch me? Was I supposed to just go like just go? Oh wow, that looks like it hurt. That's what the doctor did to me. So that's Ow. so sweet that you like. That's really nice. <laughs> like. And then just like let her Good just timing. fall gracefully. I was like, you know, because it was a concrete floor, and I was like, this is just not good. But you know, I hope you're okay. Like I'm this. You so know, you not hit her head. I didn't hit my head, um, yeah. so I'm good. Aww. <laughs> and thank goodness, even though he didn't catch you, I guess it was in the doctor. So like, you might know what happened to yourself. <laughs> you're like, oh, do all the tests now. I'm like, I know, I know. But yeah, I'm glad I haven't fainted since. I hope you haven't as well. You know, it's like stress. And, you know, I can't even imagine what you've gone through with just being in the public eye. But just people can be cruel. And that affects your mental health in ways. Like, I'm going to be honest. Like, I have had my period for like 14 days just because of stress. And, you know, the body is affected in certain ways. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Stress is very, very, very hard. I was in right. a bad relationship and like, yeah, you start getting sick. I'm like, oh, yeah. my God, sugar's tanking and all this stuff. And you're like, oh, this is just because I'm around somebody that's toxic, like, yeah. stress. Yeah, you know, and what has it been like to even gone through the public eye and then people's perceptions or what they think about you and it's just like all on you at sometimes? You stay away from Reddit, right? You're not a Reddit person. You stay off Reddit. I right? try and ignore Reddit. I try. I honestly try and avoid like all news and <laughs> try and just post on social. I'm mostly on Instagram, but um, yeah, there's still some weird crews of people that are that compare me to the old girls next door. I'm like, I don't give a crap. I hated that show. Like I, 
like stop, you know, comparing everyone's this one's the best. No, she's the best. No, she's like, okay, <laughs> that's kind of hard. Were you on that show? Because you said, okay, so you said, so you passed away in 2017, so from 21 to 31. So that would have been like 2007, 2006. So when was that show? You really on? get it. Like you're quick with this, like quick math and quick timing. It was uh, on a, <laughs> like, I couldn't time. even tell you. Like, I was like, uh, um, I don't remember where that show is. It's long because I never watched it. Cause I never. It was, uh, I was on season six, which was in 2009. And I was okay. on the show with twins named Carissa and Christina Shannon. Okay. And they were, you know, I was 21. They were 18. And I could tell that they, you know, we all have our things. But I'm like, oh, these poor girls, like, they could be on top of the world. I'm like, why are, why are you here? <laughs> but um, at the time, I'm like, oh, they could be, like, Victoria's Secret models, like, tw twins. You know, but that's over, too. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, for, I forgot where we were in. <laughs> oh yeah, the, so so I've had yeah I've had a lot of um, the girls next door. I was compared to they made me say things like I'm not the new Holly. Holly's the old me. It was all fed to me, and so it just started wars. And Holly named her daughter Rain, uh, Rainbow, and they said, "Oh, isn't that a stripper name?" And Holly's like, "Oh no, Crystal is a stripper name." So just there's just been this ongoing feud. Um, and then people get into it, like the keyboard warrior people. Recently, I did some Instagram stories. You know, I started my own podcast and people like freeze frame it when I, I'm making a weird face and then post it and make fun of me. So it's, it's I got kind of used to, I know, I got kind of, it's so I've rude. I've that happen too. <laughs> I know at the mansion, I was an easy target, especially for the media and the book. I talk about it in the chapter called Prey. It's, I'm such, I was such an easy target. So it doesn't bother me as much as my own personal, you know, private life that, you know, when things go wrong there, that's when it really affects me. Yeah. No, I went and I checked out your podcast today and then I just noticed some of the reviews and I was like, oh, they're from a certain <laughs> They're like Holly Bridget Kendra fans and... Um, yeah, I have a 2.8 rating. It's very great by 35 people. And I think they're comparing me to them. But the thing is, I'm trying to finally figure out how to have a voice and use it. My podcast is going to be awkward. It has been awkward, but it's getting better. <laughs> so as long as I'm doing it for myself and not for the 2.5 rating, then I'll be fine. <laughs> I feel so much better because I told Tara, I was like, I hope she doesn't look at our podcast ratings because we had a 5.0 rating or 4.0 <laughs> rating before this whole debacle happened. And then within a matter of 48 hours, we had we had 255 like five and four star reviews, right? So we had a two point or four, sorry, a 4.9 rating on Apple. And then within less than 48 hours, we had a thousand one star reviews. Oh my gosh, all, all the haters. We shot off and we shut off all these comments on all our social media. So they were using the Apple podcast um, comments on the reviews to write all this utter complete fabrications about us and, and their stories that they created and they're trolling on Reddit and all these things. And they're calling me cauliflower and colander and any derogatory colonizer, all these like crazy oh my things. And, and they're saying that police are coming out, like just all this insane stuff. You know, oh my and gosh. they would say even crazier things in private. You know, I would get, I got lots of lovely messages on how the people are so glad my father murdered my mother because oh I deserve it. Oh my god! I'm like, I, I'm like, that's that's great. You, like, I can't wait for you to 
look back at this in a year and go, wow, that was really, you know, but people can be so ugly. But that's so low. People are so like, oh, okay, take, take the easy punches, like go ahead. Like it's so, it's so, um, yeah, it's like, you know, we had to learn very quickly. Oh yeah, this is just how it is. And this is what happens when you deal with people and, and you just have to rise above it. And, and also everyone that we, we know that, that saw us go through this, they're like, oh yeah, honey, I went through that too. Like I was, I was going to take my own life. Like, welcome to the party. <laughs> it's all good. I'm fine now. Like, yeah. Look at me. I've made millions of dollars, so I'm good. <laughs> so don't yeah. worry about it. Welcome. Welcome to the club. You'll be yeah. fine. But it's just, it sucks when you go through it. And I can't imagine, you know, the chorus of sycophants that surrounded half in that whole lifestyle is just, you know, and it's, and I say all this and I, like I said, I normally don't, I try not to talk too much, but I feel like <laughs> I'm, I'm a man and I grew up looking at Playboy when I was a kid. I mean, sorry, mom and dad, but I yeah. hid it underneath the bed, you know, and I would look at the girls and, you know, and, and I had friends that were all in the magazines. And I, so I saw like both sides of it. I saw like, Oh, be- what I thought were, you know, beautiful women growing up, which they are. The girl, the women in the magazine are yeah. beautiful. But then I saw the side when I came to LA of, of, for lack of a better word, the clout chasing or the, some, I had some friends that played it right, that caught in the magazine, got their money and said, it is what it is. I'm going to go on and be an on-camera television host, or I'm going to go do this or that, you know, but those were so far and few between. Yeah. And then you had the other ones that were just, it became their life. And they're just like, I'm just going to keep rolling the dice and, and just keep going back and I'd be like, you know, I, I got nothing for you. Like it's just yeah, it's like a lot true. of tickets. I'll never win. But anyways, I don't know where I was with that, but uh, yeah, <laughs> they're the bad reviews. Yeah. The bad reviews. I'm like, <laughs> everybody knows what it is. And I, and I tried to argue with Apple and I was like, you do, do you not find it like utterly fanciful how there's literally like a thousand one star reviews within a matter of 48 hours like, do you think that these people all listen to our podcast? Well, we just can't take them down because of this. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like, yeah. That's absolutely ridiculous. Like, you're telling me this is the first person this has ever happened to? Because yeah. I know about 10 other people that just happened to, too. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. But yeah. I think I would rather have it, you know, with the boundary and <laughs> yeah. feel better about my choices. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. very true. Love it. So. Why don't you tell us a little bit about going to Dr. Daniel Amen and then also figuring out your brain and how to recover from everything that you experience and all the illnesses and everything. Uh, Dr. Amen was so awesome. I'm, I'm glad I found him. I don't remember exactly how I found him, but I was on an episode of Scan My Brain and we talked about mold dimension and we talked about um, like the little areas that have like depression and PTSD and things like that and um, it was cool. It was cool how, you know, he has natural supplements you can take to help. And, you know, I have a few things that I try anyway that I have, like the ashwagandha is like really helpful. And, you know, there's, there's times where I, I, I get depressed for sure. And, um, I feel like nothing will help me, but then when I, I'll just take a few natural supplements like the ashwagandha, the L-theanine, and like magnesium and I'm like, oh, it kind of, it takes the edge off and makes me feel a bit better. So yeah, seeing Dr. Amen was really nice for supplements to help, like help, help the brain. Um, because I do think going through things that are hard definitely alters the brain a bit. So which he's proven. So, um, yeah, I'm very grateful for him and that that's been really nice. 
Love that. And then you have found a safe haven in Hawaii, right? Yeah. So I had somebody, I had my breast implants taken out. I was sick from them. And I honestly, like looking back at pictures, I looked like a prop. It was, it was (laughs) weird. Um, So I had, I had them take them out. I was really sick. And I had a woman message me because not many people were talking about breast implant illness in like 2015, 2016. And so I started talking about it publicly in case people weren't aware that they weren't feeling well and they they couldn't figure it out. And um, a woman wrote to me, I gave her my doctor information. She went there, she felt so much better. She said, come visit me anytime I'd love to meet you. And she lived in Hawaii on the big island. So I went to visit her in 2018 and just kind of fell in love with the island. And um, a few years ago, I bought a farm there has a hundred lychee trees, which I wasn't too familiar with lychee, but they're so good. Like I can't even. Oh, it's amazing. Oh my God. It's so good. Just like picking them from the tree and even freezing them and eating them frozen. So good. So I'm planting more fruit. I have a few tiny houses there and I go back and forth between LA and Hawaii. Oh my gosh. And you have tiny homes there? Yeah. Three little tiny houses. (laughs) They're cute. So, I, but at any time, because I didn't know what I wanted to build, and I didn't want to disrupt the land because it's so pretty. There's like streams and waterfalls, and so I'm like, okay, I'll have these tiny homes here, and then I could always just like wheel them off the land if I wanted to because they're on. They're actually on trailers. Tiny homes excite me a lot. <laughs> yeah, they're so good. Like especially like the, yeah, like a really well done tiny house is just so cute. Is this where you're at currently? No, currently I am in LA and oh. I'm in the I'm in the podcast room. I have a bunch of guitars. I noticed you have guitars in the I back. I know. Of- I was like trying to figure out who signed that one. Oh, it's um, it's it's to Hef from Bruno Mars. So it says Hef, thanks oh. for making dreams come true, Bruno Mars. And um, this was my dad's. And then these are two Playboy guitars signed by Hef. So I was learning how to play guitar at the mansion, and uh, Bruno Mars had signed that and give it to Hef. And Hef's like, Oh, here you can have it because you're learning guitar. I'm like, Okay. Just put it on the wall. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, though. Like, he says, thanks for making dreams come true. I wonder what he meant by that. It is. It's also interesting you have the Hawaii connection because that's his whole heritage. Oh, yeah. I saw he was uh, on the big island mixing up some cocktails. His dad was like a caretaker or something. They lived lived in a tiny, like a hut, a hut before he was like, yeah, he comes from like extreme poverty. Extreme poverty, but... But like one of the things he he was talking about was and maybe I'm screwing all this up, but I believe is his whole story was that he had his family, and his family was there, and like he grew up with this like immense amount of like even though they were poor, they had so much love Aww. and support in his family, and like that's what made him who he is today. You know what I mean? So wow, that's pretty awesome. It's just, it's just interesting. I'm just drawing. This yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I love that, and that's a nice gift to have. You know. Bruno Mars yeah, it's guitar. interesting. I'm like, I'll just hang them up in here. This was originally like a music room. I had my little DJ set up, but um, now it's the podcast room. I love it. There you go. And then now, what are you doing today to heal and move past everything? Um, I think I'm just taking everything one step at a time. The book's coming out, and it's been busy, like, leading up to the launch, and... I've done a lot of therapy and, but since then I've kind of taken a break from it. Um, and I also think I've learned some lessons I needed to learn in my personal life and with dating. So 
yeah, everything's kind of in a good place right now. So I think my goals are probably to be in a relationship, a healthy, happy relationship with somebody closer to my age and hopefully one day get married and have kids. So that's, that's kind of the next, next plan. I love that. And then also just one question, because I am very curious about explant surgery and everything. What were some of the signs for you when you realized you were sick with your egg or you were implants? Um, I think it's kind of different for a lot of people, but I had um, a lot of fatigue, aches and pains, muscles, joints, fibromyalgia. You know, when people get diagnosed with fibromyalgia, it's usually just, you know, like um, a symptom, like you don't know what the causes of fibromyalgia and it could be breast implants. Um, I've had friends that have had kind of lots of eczema, rashes, um, just overall hormones start tanking all kinds of different. There's a website that's called um, healingbreastimplantillness.com and it has a list of all of these um, symptoms that you can kind of, kind of like a checklist that people can go through. And because, you know, I know so many different playmates and girls that have had implants, it's like, I'm also learning that the, um, the brand matters. The brand I had was called Allergan and it seems like most of the sick people have Allergan. There's another brand called Mentor, and those people aren't as sick. But it's 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 very interesting. I mean, you know, when they took mine out, they had like formaldehyde, mold, talc, all kinds of weird. It's not natural. It's like not not a natural thing to be putting in your body. So yeah, I'm glad glad that it's out. Now there's so many other things that you could potentially do, um, you know, like fat transfer and things like that. Yeah, but you almost lost your life to a fat transfer, right? I did. <laughs> I did a, a fat transfer, and I was about 118 pounds when I went in for the fat transfer. And, yeah, the, the places they went in to get harvest the fat, they just left left all those little cuts open. And so I was, like, bleeding a lot and, um, yeah, lost the uh, – half the blood in my body. So I, I definitely wasn't in a healthy enough place to have the fat transfer. Um, but I, I know that it's worked for a lot of other people I know. But after that, I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> this is <laughs> no more <laughs> take it or leave it. Anybody who's, you know, anybody who's dating me, I'm like, oh, that's enough. Okay. So this is going to be the most important question that we're, I'm going to ask you in this interview. Okay. You didn't have any complications from LASIK eye surgery, correct? Because I'm having it on Friday. Oh, you are? Good luck. I, the only thing I've heard from LASIK eye surgery is that everyone can see so much better and they're so grateful that they did it. Fabulous. Because if yeah. you had said, oh, yeah, I almost died because of that too. I'd be like, oh, no. So, no. He's canceling I'm so it. Looking, I'm so looking forward to it. You have no idea because I just am tired of wearing reading glasses. I can see you fine, but it's just like the phone, I just can't. I'm yeah. so over it. So I'm so excited. Good luck. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Really fast, because you really haven't talked. Tell us what the book is about. Why would somebody pick up this book? I mean, what is this? What makes this so unique and different than I'm sure there's been tons of books. Tons on, of books on the planet. Yeah, but, I, but like, what, what gives this such a... Because I love your cover, too. Like, oh, thank you. Yeah, it's cool. cool. And the, the back, the sticker is off, finally. But I, I definitely think it gives insight and more psychology into the Playboy Mansion for people who have been interested in knowing like what it was like there. Um, yeah, it definitely gives 
insight from more of a psychology perspective to help people understand it in that way. And I do think that now we have terms that we didn't have before uh, or that we didn't necessarily use before, like, um, you know, pre-Me Too, we didn't really talk about narcissism too much or at least not in, not in my world or <laughs> misogyny. And it, now it's like things are more at the forefront. I think that the book it will be um, really eye-opening for a lot of people. And, yeah, it's definitely about being in toxic situations and toxic relationships and, and healing from those and moving forward. So I think people that are in hard relationships can benefit from it. And I also think that just Playboy fans in general who want to know can benefit from it. But yeah, here it is. Only say good things. Surviving Playboy. And finding myself, which I'm still working on. <laughs> January 23rd. <laughs> Fabulous. You know, it's interesting you said the whole Me Too things. I can remember when, when Hef died. I remember just saying to myself, well... I think that's pretty much because it was right around me too, right? That was 2017. You, yes. I just figured this out the other day. He, You're so right. Uh, he died in September 2017 and Me Too happened in October 2017. Yeah, and it felt like an end like an end of an era was all coming. And it was, I remember it was uh, he died September 27th, right? Or 26th. Oh, my, my gosh. Birthday, September yes, yes. And I just remember... remember I was like, I got, I have one of those weird memories. It's why my father's in prison. I have a good memory. So. His, uh, his, right before me too, he's just like dipped out. He's like, peace. <laughs> it's been real. It's wild. Right? <laughs> yeah. it's wild. Oh boy. That's so ironic. It's, yeah, it's very weird, but yeah. Well, God doth have a sense of humor as they say. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, where can we find you on social media? Everything. Um, I'm just at Crystal Hefner on everything. So yeah, that's another thing. Like I've been asked about my last name. I'm like, it's kind of become my identity. So, <laughs> and all my social media. So I don't know if I'll change it back. I'm still trying to decide, but kind of want to be back. <laughs> yeah. Something I was thinking too is like, I know it's a different situation completely, but I was, I'm forever going to be associated with the name Dirty John. That was my attacker. And, like, you know, Hugh Hefner didn't try to, like, murder you, but um, definitely complicated relationship, you know? And so I was thinking, like, you're forever, in a sense, associated with his name, too, you know? And I'm just, like, it's a weird thing to think about, in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really complex and... Yeah, I I did speak to someone recently and they're like, you earned it. You earned to like use that name. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just like, I don't want to take it off. So I think eventually once I figure out how to just undo it, I'll go, I'll go back. Well, do whatever you feel you want to do because it's your journey, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Or maybe you'll get remarried. Like, there you go. I don't, is it weird? I don't want to change my name anymore. <laughs> no, that's not weird at all. Not weird like, at all. I've had enough. That was that was a little too, too extra. I'm just. <laughs> uh, there's something I always say to Tara. We're all a part of a squad that no one really wants to be a part of, uh -huh. but we are all a part of the Survivor Squad. Crystal Hefner, thank you so much for joining the program, and congratulations on your new podcast and your book, which hits the bookstores shelves and online on January 23rd. Right? Yeah. Thank you. Fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. 
So Tara, what did you think? I think that was incredible. And I also think, thank goodness, your LASIK went well. Yes. My LASIK <laughs> was a success. I'm so excited about it. Yes. I'm very, very excited about it. <laughs> How long do you have to tape stuff to your eyes still? I stopped sleeping with the eye covers a couple of days ago, but I was kind of wondering if I should put them back on. I have my my follow-up appointment in a couple of days, so we'll see what happens. My my distance vision is still not great, so that's a little wonky. And today when I was on the treadmill, I was doing like the one eye and the one eye and the, you know, back and forth alternating eyes. And I thought the lines were a little wavy on the treadmill, but I think it was just my imagination. I don't know. But they said it's going to fluctuate. So you were looking like Popeye? Yeah, I was like doing one eye and one eye. And like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like trying to, you know, I've done that a lot. Camera one, camera two, camera one, camera two. For those of you who remember Wayne's World, camera one, camera two. Camera oh my one, gosh, that was a great movie. Great movie. Yep. Yes. Oh my gosh. And also, Collier, this week, we had Justin from Generation Y joining us for the podcasting course. We we do, yes. And it was great to have him on, Justin from Generation Y. I mean, they've been doing that podcast for well over a decade. They're one of the OGs in the true crime space, which was really cool to have him on. Oh, yeah. And then there's still space. If anyone wants to join, you could just join anytime. Anytime. Everything's recorded. It's a revolving course, revolving door. Anytime you want to join, it's always open. Well, yeah. So Tara, what was your favorite part of the interview with her? Uh, I don't know why. All I can think about is the fat transfer right now and her almost dying from that. Yeah, that was wild. That <laughs> I don't was wild. know why. When you're asking me my highlight, I don't know. I'm just thinking that that's sticking with me because heaven forbid, there's, there's so much stuff going on with plastic surgery, all of that. And that was a whole world. So one of the things that I thought was really cool is, you know, how she, how she was smart enough. One of my best friends at the time had worked for Playboy for years. He worked originally in Chicago and, but he had all the connections and he was like my wingman guy because he was gay. He was like my, one of my best friends and he, I would meet all his, his girlfriends. So it was just like a trip down memory lane. But one of the things that I always had issues with, and this is, you know, just something that I would see these girls that that were so they were so eager to be in the magazines and they would just, you know, go in and you get paid 25 grand to be in the to be the centerfold or whatever or appear in the magazine. And then they would just they just thought that, that that it would lead to like instant fame and money and everything like that and they wouldn't really they wouldn't save their money, they wouldn't try to make something of themselves. They were kind of like as my friend used to say they would rely on the kindness of strangers. Yeah. <laughs> and just to hear Crystal, how smart she was and how she's like, she went and bought a house independently of half. She she saved her money that she got. She was really, really smart. You know, I'm sure there are people that have varying opinions on her and I'm sure she's, you know, butted head with other girls that have been in half's life. But, you know, I, I thought that she seemed to have a really smart outlook on how she approached everything. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that she did a lot of smart moves on her part, <laughs> even though... People don't understand why she may be with a 60-year-old, well, six, 60 yeah, years 70, on her. 70, yeah, yeah. 70, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But here's the thing. You can't just leave a lot of the times. And yes. I hope people listen to this episode and understand that they just can't leave a situation sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, until next time, Survivors, I'm Tara Newell. And I'm Collier Landry. And this is the Survivor Squad Podcast. We'll see you guys. See ya.
The Survivor Squad podcast is made possible by support from listeners just like you. Please subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And please consider supporting this program by visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Survivor Squad.